Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. So it's so good to see everyone here tonight, and I believe that as we uh, continue on, it's been good to be here up to this point, and as we continue on, I believe God is going to do some remarkable things in our lives, because I believe that the Word of God is transformational. It will transform us. You know, somebody can look at my life and they can say, oh, well, I, I knew her, you know, 20 years ago or 15 years ago or 10 years ago or even five years ago. But if you know me now, I'm not like I used to be because I'm being transformed by the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit. Aren't you? I desire that and I want that. And the way I'm being transformed is to be more and more like Him. Not more and more set in my own ways. Not more and more stubborn and hard to get along with but more and more like Jesus. That's what I want. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, well, if you've got your Bibles, we're going to look tonight at a, a very uh, special subject to, and that is dear to my heart. I'm just going to talk to you about the basics of prayer. Now, I've talked about prayer, and I have held so many prayer meetings, I couldn't even tell you how many that I have over the number of years that I've done what I do. But, you know, it's one of those subjects that I do not get tired of. Um, I do not, um, you know, just want to put it on the back burner and go on to something new. Because prayer is, if you really want to look at what prayer is, it's getting into the presence of God and it's spending time with God. You know, I've said this many times, and many of you here, you've heard me say this, some of you haven't. But, you know, we think so much of the time when we go into prayer, that really what prayer is, is we run our mouth the whole time, and then we never give God an opportunity to say anything to us or to do anything in our life. You know, the Bible says, be still. How many of you know what being still means? It means you're not talking, you're not walking, you're, you're, you're stationary, you're, you're in a place, you're not moving about, you're not thinking about a lot of other things. Be still and know that I am God. Now, it's very interesting. He said, be still and know. You see, I think there's many things that God wants to reveal to us, but because we're not still, we do not know. We don't know God. We don't know maybe His nature. We can read about it in the Bible, and that's good, but I want to experience it, don't you? I, I want to read it in the Bible, and I want to see it, but then I want to experience it. And he said, if you're still in the presence of God, he is going to bring knowledge to you. You're going to know things that you wouldn't know any other time. Now, I'm a firm believer, and we're going to talk about prayer and, and various ways to pray and various uh, information about prayer. Uh, and, and so all of that is good, but this is so important about understanding and knowing God, and that is to get in His presence and be still. That doesn't mean 
that you never pray other kinds of prayers in, or in other ways. But it just means there is a time in your quiet time before the Lord where you just sit, stand, whatever, in His presence and allow Him to manifest Himself to you or speak something to you. I believe that God is trying to get a word into the earth in these last days. And I believe that He is looking for people who are dedicated to Him, devoted to Him, and who desire His presence. And I believe that He's going to take those people and I believe He's going to manifest Himself and He's going to speak and He's going to give direction and He's going to give guidance. See, be still and know. Some of you, in your own personal life, there's knowledge that God wants to bring to you. There's things that God wants to reveal to you about your own personal life. And, and many times we're not going to receive that if we're not being still in His presence. You see, the Bible is line upon line and precept upon precept. And, and, and I find that the Scripture, you know, you learn a little bit here, and you keep layering the foundation. You keep bringing it up higher. You keep building the building, if you will. And so understanding and knowing that. And, and, and you know, when I realized, um, and I read this, and this has been years ago, and someone said, a, the Christian prays an average of two minutes a day. Now, how do they know that? I don't know how they know that. But what I got out of it is we don't spend enough time in prayer. And I think everybody could say amen to that. We just don't spend enough time in prayer. But we talk about prayer a lot. And even we hear things about prayer. But I believe that in these last days that the Holy Spirit wants to stir us up as never before to pray, to seek His will, and to seek His face. Now, I believe this also. I believe that we are enforcers in the earth. What God has said in His Word, if we will begin to pray that, if we will begin to do what He's told us to do, then we are His enforcers and we make sure that, that we're putting that Word out there and God watches over it to perform it and He will make sure that it comes to, ha it comes to pass and it happens. We are enforcers in that regard. You know, I was reading in the Scripture, and it said, whatever you ask me, I will do it. And this is in John 14, I believe it is. Whatever you ask me, I will do it. That's talking about Jesus. Well, we know that's not, a, that's not the way we pray, because we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. We need to know that. You see, that's a Bible basic, and a lot of people don't know it. I didn't know it for years, but you pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. So, and that's in John 16. So when you come to John 14, and it says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, then you have to look at that and see Jesus is not contradicting himself, but you have to see that that is a scripture that has to do not asking the Father in the name of Jesus, but that is whatever you ask, or this is what it means, make a demand 
as your rights and privileges, he will do it. In other words, you've got rights and privileges in God. Now, if we're looking at what we've earned as rights and privileges, nothing, a big zero. But if we're looking at what Jesus Christ has won for us, when He took our sin, that we could become His righteousness, and there was that exchange made, when we realize that, that then we do have rights and privileges in God, and God wants us to stand fast in those rights and privileges. And when the enemy comes to hit us, to knock us back, to try to stop us in the work of God, your personal life, your family, government, whatever the case may be. Whatever you demand as your rights and privileges as a child of God, he will do it. And see, the enemy has no recourse on that. The name of Jesus is above every name, isn't it? And so we realize then that we have an authority and we have an ability through Jesus Christ and we need to stand in it and we need to take the authority and be the enforcers that God... Say. I tell you, God's waiting for people for that spirit of might to raise up on the inside of them for them to just say, no more, no more, no more. I take my stand. I take my place. And it doesn't matter if the winds are blowing all around you. <coughs> if people are mocking you and saying it isn't true, you stand on the Word of God and it'll work every time. I just tell you, I won't be denied. That's the truth. Amen? Now, <coughs> excuse me. I was thinking about this. If you were going to enter a business, let's just say real estate, and you were going into the business and you didn't know anything about it, you would begin to, um, you would begin to study. You would begin to look up everything that you could. Why? Because you want to be successful at being a real estate salesman, right? Okay, and so then you would have to learn things and you would grow day by day and it would be a process, but you would have to begin. Well, if you're going to be a person of prayer, there are people in this room tonight, you're a prayer warrior, but that doesn't mean that you can't learn something else about prayer or that the Holy Spirit can't make more deposits in your life. But there are people that are in this room and you maybe don't know so much about prayer. You, you really don't know. But I want to tell you, uh, in prayer, it's just like being that real estate salesman. You have to look in the manual, which is the Bible. You have to listen to teachings and preachings and people that can help you and that can mentor you in your prayer life. And then you just begin to grow day by day by day and you begin to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And before you know it, you're like sister or brother so-and-so. You're a prayer warrior. And see, we are soldiers in the army. You know, we kind of laugh about that, but it's really true. You know, the Bible has so many analogies that liken being a child of God to being in the army and being in the military. 
Be steadfast, be strong, endure. You know, there's all kinds of, of things like that. And so that's what we have to be. We have to be strong. There are too many wimpy, weak-kneed Christians in the body of Christ, and a little thing happens, and they're shaken to the point where they just stop, they just give up. God doesn't want us doing that. Now, it may happen, but you got to get up and you got to dust yourself off and you got to keep on going for the Lord. You got to be in the army of the Lord. You got to get back in rank. You got to get back in line. See, God's men and women, they don't break rank. That's what the Bible says. You stay, you stay in the position that God puts you. Oh, no, I want to do this. I want to be the one that leads. No, you don't. You're not equipped for it. And you wouldn't like it if you got there. And boy, that's the truth. <laughs> you don't want to be anywhere that you're not equipped to be. But see, when God puts you somewhere, you are equipped to be there. And in other words, be happy. Be happy in the army. Be happy in God's army. Serve where you are. Use your gifting for the best in the kingdom. And for this local church, amen? But you see, I, I want to tell you something. In the army of the Lord, we look at it like this, and we look at, well, a sister and brother and so-and-so, now they are called to really be a prayer warrior. And that may be true. But then what we do, what we're really saying when we say that, is I am not. But that's not true. We are all called to be people of prayer. My house shall be called a house of prayer. And the, the house that's a house of prayer is a house of prayer because the people that, that the house is full of are praying people. It's not up to a few people. You know, so many times when you have a prayer meeting, what happens? A lot of people don't come because they don't see the need in that. But see, really, if, 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 if we as God's people could see it how it really is, that would be the time that there'd be more people in the house of the Lord. When we understand what God has given us through the power of prayer, what He has endowed us with, the, 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 the ability through prayer, what He has given us, then we would be more apt to be there. We're having a prayer meeting. Well, we're going to be at the house of God because our part is important. My part is important. I'm going to help. I'm going to add the prayer power. See, when you pray, there's power released. Well, I was around prayer and there was never any power released. So I'm talking about praying scripturally. How many of you have been cold, dead, dry prayer meetings and you couldn't wait to get out? I guess, you know, if you've been, if you've been around church life, you could maybe say amen to that, you know. So I'm not talking about that. I remember you, this has been years ago. Now, you may find this hard to believe, but we were in the Baptist church. And in the Baptist church... 
we worked with this youth group. And this youth group was on fire for God, weren't they? I mean, they were on fire for God. We started studying the Bible together. We started seeing about people getting filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, and all those kinds of things. And I mean to tell you, we were on fire, all of us. Eddie and I were not much older than the kids that we were leading in that little youth group. But I remember one night, that we were down in the basement of that little Baptist church. And it was a group of people, and I don't know, there could have been even some of those young people from that group, but, but it, it wasn't a lot of people. Maybe I want to say like 10 people, it would have been something like that. And I want to tell you, we got in a very small classroom down there because I guess, you know, we were... <laughs> Felt like we were relegated to that little area or something. I don't know. But but anyway, we got in that room and um, we began to hold hands and we began to pray. And honest to God, now you've heard about levitation. And I felt like when we began to pray, the Spirit of God took hold with, of us and it was like I was being lifted up. I, I sensed God's presence and His anointing and we were praying for revival and we were praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you that night, everybody was praying. We were praying out loud, praying on top of, you know, over each other. You know, it didn't matter that I was praying louder than that. We were all, I mean, we didn't didn't care because we were in the presence of God and we knew that God was leading us and guiding us at that time. And I want to tell you that's a powerful, powerful kind of prayer when you can assemble with a great a group of people and you can get into God's presence in that way. That doesn't happen a whole lot. But that's so important. Now, when you pray, you need a prayer time where you pray just you and the Lord, where you're alone with God. You need that. But I'm going to tell you, if you want to grow in your personal prayer life, then you need to get with a group of people and you need to pray. You need to assemble with people and pray. See, this is where I know the body of Christ misses it. They think, well, I just, you know, I'm going to get strong in my prayer closet, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to get in the presence of God, and yes, and good, and you should, and amen, and I'm happy, and all of that. But I'm telling you, you miss a part of your prayer life if you don't pray in a group. And now, whether the group is, you know, the Tuesday morning prayer group, the ladies that pray, or the men's prayer group that prays on Tuesday morning at 6 o'clock or whatever it is. I mean, really early, you know. Or if it's when we call a prayer meeting, a collective prayer meeting here in the sanctuary, you know what? Or that, or maybe you have a little Bible study that that you're a part of, or your connection group, and you pray with those people. That is powerful, and that is the kind of prayer that God can use to change people, change families, change cities, change churches, change a nation, change the world. That kind of praying. And we limit it. We limit it. I don't want to limit the Holy One of Israel. Do you? I don't, I don't want to limit Him. When you limit it, it means you, you put restrictions on God. I don't want to limit Him through my limited prayer. Do you? I want to grow in my prayer life. I want to grow in my relationship with God. 
Amen? And you know, in your prayer time, when, when you pray and you get before God and you spend that time with Him and you're praying about the things that you need to, and then you're still before the Lord, let me tell you what happens. It cultivates um, a sensitivity on the inside of you. And even when you're out of your prayer closet or out of a collective prayer meeting, you're still in a uh, position to where you're sensitized and you can pick up the voice of God for yourself or for something that's going on. Maybe a business, you know, maybe in business. Uh, you know, it can be all kinds of things. But you're sensitive and you begin to pick up the Spirit of God and what He is saying and what He wants to do. I want to live supernaturally. I don't want to live on the natural plane because I'm a supernatural being just like you. You've been born again. You've been washed in the blood. You've been taken out of darkness and you've been placed into the kingdom of light. And so we're supernatural and we need to live supernaturally. Amen? Ephesians 6.18 in the modern English version says, Pray in the Spirit with all kinds of prayer and supplication. Now we know what supplications are definite requests. But pray in the Spirit with all kinds of prayer. Now remember, I'm talking to you about some really basic and fundamental things in prayer for the most part. And he says all kinds of prayer. Now... If he's saying all kinds of prayer, he doesn't mean just one kind, does he? He's saying that there's more than one kind, and he said all kinds of prayer. And so what we need to understand is that in the Word of God, we can begin to study and we can begin to see the various ways that God has given us to pray and receive from his hand. Now, I just went through, and we're not going to look at any of these things really so much tonight, but I began to look at the kinds of prayer that are in the Bible. There's worship. Do you know pr worship is a prayer? Is, pr is prayer talking to God? It's worship. And see, I understand that many people in the body of Christ do not understand this prayer of worship. They don't understand it because when you come into a worship service and, you, you know, we, we're worshiping the Lord, we're singing our songs, we're lifting our hands, we're dancing before the Lord, we're bowing our knees, what, whatever, you know, many people are, are very awkward at that time. They, they don't know what to do. They, uh, they can't really participate and they can't really go into it But because I feel like, in, in my opinion, many times what has happened, the flesh is dominating, the spirit does, doesn't have the ascendancy over it. I'm not talking about your sinning. That's not what I'm talking about. You know, pride gets in there because I can speak to that experience because I remember I, could, I used to, you know, I knew about the power of Jesus. I knew about all that. But when it would come time to worship, it would almost be like I would do my hands like this. Just barely, you know. Well, maybe if somebody looks at me, they'll just, they won't really know what I'm doing. It was an embarrassment. It was a pride. And all of that has to be laid to the side. And, and this, this prayer of worship before the Lord, come into His presence with thanksgiving. Isn't that what the Bible... Enter His courts with praise. 
And I've told you before, when I pray, that's really the second thing I do, is I begin to worship God. I begin to lift my hands, and I begin to praise Him. I begin to just tell of His excellent greatness. I begin to just share with Him how much I love Him. I begin to worship. See, the prayer of worship is powerful. You know that. You, you remember when Paul and Silas were in jail and they began to worship the Lord through singing. See, that's a part of it. Singing a song. They began to worship. And what happened? They began to praise God and they said uh, that the jail began to shake. And it shook so hard that it, all the doors of the prison flew open and all those prisoners came out. And the guard said, well, I might as well kill myself because they're going to kill me now. And he said, no, don't do that. And you know Paul led him to the Lord. You know, so that prayer of worship is so important. All right. Then there's a prayer of faith. Every prayer, you need to have faith. You need to believe when, you know, that God's going to meet your need and that He hears you when you pray. But there is a prayer of faith. There is a prayer of agreement. That's where two or more people come together. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I'm not going to go all the way through all those things. I'll let you look it up. But it's where two people come together. And the Amplified Bible says they harmonize. They harmonize. They make a symphony together. There's complete agreement when they come together on the particular thing that they're praying about. That's powerful. There's also, when we're talking about all kinds of prayer, there's a prayer of intercession. You know, Abraham stood before the Lord for Lot. You remember that? He stood before the Lord and, and stood in the gap. And you can read that all through the Bible. And then there's a prayer of consecration and dedication. And you know, that's Jesus in the garden. Not my will, Father, but thy will be done. Now see what happened. And I, this in the group that I grew up in, this is what happened with that prayer. Okay, you know, prayer is prayer. That's what we thought because we didn't know that there was all kinds of prayer. And so when Jesus said... Not my will, but your will be done. Then so what happened in the circle that I was in, every prayer was prayed and ended with, if it be your will. You see, that is people who love the Lord, but they don't understand some basic things about prayer. And so Jesus said in his prayer of consecration and dedication in knowing that he was going to go to the cross, he said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. There's a lot of things in our life that we need to pray that way. We don't need to be self-willed. We don't need, well, I'm going to have it my way. I believe you pray definite requests. I believe you pray specific things. But there's sometimes in your life that you're going to come down and you're going to pray because of consecration and dedication. Not my will, Lord. I lay this before you. I'll do what you want to do. Not self-will. Not I'm going to do it my way. I'll do it your way, Lord. But now you see, you don't get up and then every prayer is that way. That is a, that's a limited kind of pray. But nevertheless, it's a kind of prayer. So we understand that, don't we? 
Then we pray in the Spirit. That's another kind of prayer. And when I talk about in the Spirit, and I believe you can get in the Spirit in praying in English. I do. I believe the Holy Spirit just takes hold and you're praying in English. But really what that is talking about is praying in tongues. How much reliance and faith does it take in the Lord to when he says when you pray in an unknown tongue that you edify yourself and you pray the perfect will of God according uh, to uh, Romans 8 praying the perfect will of God when you pray in the spirit and when you have infirmities and you don't know how to get the results that you need, but you pray in other tongues, that is throwing yourself over on the Lord and saying, Lord, I don't even understand a word I'm saying, but you said when I did that, I would be tapped into heaven and I would be praying your perfect will. And you know what? You do get in that position. But that it, that's a supernatural thing. But you see, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, tongues, you get a gift of tongues that comes in. And this is your own personal prayer, devotional life, uh, tongue. And then all the other gifts of the Holy Spirit are available as the Spirit wills to move in your life. And sometimes He may call someone, I want you to speak out in tongues in the assembly, and I want you to interpret, and I want you to prophesy, and I want you uh, to, to discern, to use this gift of discernment. You see what I'm saying? But that's as He wills. But you can pray in your personal, private, devotional prayer tongue any time you want. And when you're praying in the Spirit over a certain situation, you can know that you are praying the perfect will of God. And I just tell God all the time, Lord, I prayed as much as I know in English. And now I'm going to enter into praying in the Spirit. And I believe I'm going to pray exactly what needs to be prayed for these people, for this situation, for this ministry, for this nation, whatever the case may be. See, that's not a cop-out. That is throwing my reliance on the Lord. That's throwing myself on His mercy. And knowing that He knows better than me, and He knows better than you, and we get in that supernatural place. Amen? Then there's uh, united praying. And I've talked a little bit about that. I won't spend that much time talking about it, but united praying is powerful. It can shake the place. And then there's a prayer of supplication, which has to do with definite request. Now, you know, maybe at some point, uh, if I talk some more about this, which, you know, if the Lord leads me, I will. If I talk some more about prayer, I'm going to bring some petitions in. We've done this. Eddie has done it. I've done it too. And uh, I'm going to bring some petitions in, and we're going we're gonna to make some prayer petitions, and we're going to pray specific requests in areas that you need, and we're going to uh, agree, and we're going to see God do some marvelous things. And so when we say specific prayer requests, okay, somebody came to me just recently, and they came to me, and they said, I want you to pray with me about thus and so. 
and it was specific request. And I said, okay, I will be glad to do that. I can get in agreement with that. Let me share this with you. Uh, I pray when I'm, I'm being specific about a specific request. Let's just say I need a car. Isn't that something that would be, we all have to have transportation, you know, a place to live, an education, you know, it can be in anything, okay? And when I come to the end of that, this is what I say. I say, now, Lord, this is my specific request. Now, I bind the devil out of this. He's not going to have any place here. This is, I'm praying about this the best I know how, and I'm asking in a specific way. But if you've got something better for me, I'm open to that. You understand? Now, see, that's different than, than praying a wimpy prayer. Well, I don't know, God, just give me whatever you want, you know. It's like, no, I'm going to be specific. But if there's something better out there that I don't know about, I'm going to be open to it. You see what I'm saying? And so I told them that, and they said, yes. And the very thing that we were praying about, they came back. I mean, it was very quick and said, well, that wasn't the one. Because they already knew they got the answer on that. But they did say, God has something better. So we're, we're looking for something better. You know? And see, that's where trusting God, and that's where placing yourself in His hands. Because you know He's a loving Father. You know He cares for you. And He's not going to do you any harm. I was talking to someone the other day, and it really took me aback. And it shocked me. I, ju I, just, I was just shocked for a minute. And, and I had just asked someone, do you, do you pray about that? And they just said, no. I said, you don't pray about that? that? That's a huge issue that you're facing and you don't pray about it? No, because I don't believe God will hear me. Why? Probably because of past issues, because of sin, because of all those kinds of things. But I'm going to tell you, our God is such an awesome God. We repent, we go to the Lord with that sin, and He moves it as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. And He accepts us through Jesus Christ, and we are not condemned because of what's happened in the past. But you see what I'm saying about, um, about basics and about understanding and building and, and getting that foundation and continue to grow? See, that's somebody that hasn't even got on the first level. They're saved, but they still think God's mad at them, you know? And so there has to be a penetration to that, through that, because Jesus loves you and cares about you and wants to answer prayers for you and wants to do good things for you. It's His good pleasure to do something good for you. I, I just think about my own children and how much I love my children. And I think about, their, I wouldn't do anything to harm them. I wouldn't do anything to hurt them. I wouldn't do anything to make them think that I didn't love them. Would you, with your children, if you have children? 
No, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that. Do you think the Heavenly Father? Now, you know, if your children do things that are wrong, okay, you, you can show your dissatisfaction, but that doesn't mean that you throw them out. You don't love them anymore. That's not the God kind of love. God's kind of love. There's neither height nor depth. There's not anything that can separate you from the love of God. Not anything. Now, if you want to be separated, I guess you can, but I don't want to be. <laughs> but none of those things can do it. You might can separate yourself, but nothing else can get in there and separate you. Amen? All right. Now, I was just thinking about James 5.16, and you don't have to turn there, but it, it talks about that prayer makes tremendous power available. And I started thinking about the power. Prayer, listen to me now. Prayer, calling on God, the, all, all the different kinds of prayer that we've talked about here. Prayer makes tremendous, makes, it makes, it produces. Prayer produces power. Holy Ghost power. And when that power is released, let me tell you now, it transforms you. You might be praying for someone else. You might be praying for another situation or circumstance. But there's power through the praying that transforms you. I don't know how many times I have been standing praying and God would say, you need to take care of that. That's a nasty attitude you've got. Don't laugh so loud here. <laughs> It wasn't related to you. You understand what I'm saying? Prayer has power to transform you. Well, I'm praying for so-and-so. Yeah, and it has power to transform them and their situation, but it has power to transform you. And you weren't even praying about you. But God will deal with us through that power. When you get in the presence of God, that's where the power of God is. He'll begin to do a work in you. You know, just like I said, you've got that nasty attitude, you know. And I tell you, I've told you before, but in the car, boy, I really have to deal with it. Oh, forgive me, Father, I did it again. <laughs> get out of my way, you know. <laughs> Yours may be different, but you've got something too. But then this power also is power to strengthen you. This tremendous power that's made available transforms you and then it brings a strength to you. May you be strengthened in the inner man. Many times when we're praying, we don't see anything changing. We don't know what's changing, but strength is being imparted. Strength to stand. Strength to face what you've got to face. Strength to do what you've got to do. There's strength. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. It doesn't matter. You know, sometimes we think, well, you know, being strong, we see the, the big old, you know, Charles Atlas guys with these big old muscles, you know, but I believe you can see a little 80, 
a five-year-old woman that weighs 100 pounds, and I believe she's got strength and power with God. So it's not an outward thing, it's an inward thing, isn't it? Be strengthened in your inner man. Some of you need to, you need the strength of God in your life. You're just tossed to and fro and back and forth and up and down. And the situations that you have to face on a daily basis, you need strength in your life to face it and make it through and come out and be stronger than you've ever been before. Amen? All right. Now, in the early church, you can turn here if you want to, Acts 2 and verse number 42. Familiar scripture. I love to read about all this because it's the early church and what went on and how they daily were in one accord. It's so precious to see God's church in the very beginning. And verse number 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread, and listen to this, and in prayers. And see, they were strong in the Word, in fellowship and relationship to one another, in breaking of bread, and again, that can be the Lord's Supper, and it can be eating a meal together. And you know how a family becomes stronger and stronger, and you know, we, we always talk about it when we're talking about family, you know, eat supper eat your dinner meal, you know, eat together, get your kids, gather them, don't sit around the TV, you know, get together where you can talk. Why? Because there, there is relationship and there's fellowship that is built during that time. And see, that's to be happening in the body of Christ. And then we are to continue steadfastly in prayers. Now, I want us to look at that in the Amplified Bible. Let's look in the Amplified, Acts 2.42. And I want us to read from here, and there's a word here that I want us to see. And they steadfastly persevered. Now, when you persevere, that means you keep on keeping on. That means you've got endurance, right? They persevered, and listen, devoting themselves constantly to the instruction now, I'm going to skip all the way down here. They devoted themselves constantly to the prayers. Okay, now you could say that for any of that that's in there. Here is a devotion. Now, when you come to prayer, we need to be devoted to prayer. Prayer shouldn't be an option for the Christian. And I'm not talking about a legalistic, you know, where some, you know, somebody's beating you over the head. You got to pray, you got to pray, you got to pray. What I, I'm believing for that the Holy Spirit is going to stir and inspire hearts to get into prayer because we understand the power of prayer and what God can do in us and through us when we pray. And so, they devoted themselves to prayer. That means that they dedicated themselves. They were steadfast in their praying. They've been set apart for prayer. They were zealous in their prayer. Their prayers weren't dry as dust. They were anointed by God. They were zealous in their prayer. It has to do with energy when we talk about devotion. It has to do with energy. And I've told this many times, but when I went to Israel the first time, and we went to the Wailing Wall, and as we stood there, you know, it, it, I was just overcome by the presence of God. 
at that place. Can you imagine all the thousands and thousands, millions of prayers that have gone up in that place and all the prayer requests that people had written, folded up on paper and stuck in those cracks and it was everywhere as far as you could see. And there were uh, the Orthodox Jews and they were standing there, you know, they had the phylactery on and they were just rocking back and forth like this, putting, you know, body, soul, and spirit in the pray praying. But, but I, I remember the energy I felt, the energy of the Holy Spirit when I went to that place and I experienced that. And it was all a place of prayer. A place, a place where God's presence was. Amen? Okay, I'm going to finish up here. Colossians 4.2. It says, devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. Now here's this word again. Devote yourselves to prayer. Many times when we see that, you know, we think about someone who is maybe aged, someone who is alone, someone, uh, you know, we just get out here and put them in a category uh, of some sort, and, and we don't really realize that it's not just one type of person. This is Christian people no matter where you are, how old you are, what your age is, what your status is, we are to devote ourselves to prayer and stay alert in prayer. Do you know that when you pray, you're to be alert? You are like a watchman upon the wall, and a watchman, what does he do? He stands upon the wall, and he peers out, and he's peering out. See, that's what we do in prayer. We're peering out, and we're looking in the Spirit, to protect and to guard and to be alert of predators, what the enemy wants to do, we're alert. And see, that's what we do when we're in prayer. So we're to be devoted in prayer and we're to stay alert. Now, the opposite of staying alert is to be sleepy, to be lethargic, to be drowsy, to be weary. You see, I'm going to tell you something. The enemy really plays this card on God's people so much and tries to wear them out. In the last days, the love of many will wax cold. You know what that means? Little by little, a little wearing away here, a little wearing away there. And see, when you stay alert, you don't get worn down. But, you know, Daniel talks about it. I think it's Daniel 7. And he said uh, there that in the last days that the enemy will seek to wear out the saints of God. Just wear them down, make them weary, bring circumstances into their life. You know what we have to say? We just finally have to get to the place where we say, come hell or high water, I'm going to be devoted to the Lord. I'm going to be devoted to prayer. I'm going to be alert in my prayer closet, and you are not going to wear me out. Now, you see, does that come easy? No, there are times you have to listen to me, stir yourself. Now, teaching like this can stir you. I know it can. 
But then if there's nobody around, you got to stir yourself. Isaiah said, and I think it's Isaiah 64, he said, there's none that stirs themselves. In other words, if they weren't stirring themselves, then they could stir themselves. <coughs> and you can stir yourself in prayer. Well, I'm just feeling lethargic in my prayer life. I just don't feel like I have the, the power that I used to have. I understand that. I understand how things, you know, busyness of schedule, um, you know, the things we just talked about, worries and cares and weariness and all of I understand how it can. But see, I'm telling you some things about prayer that you can stir yourself up and you can just get... There have been times, honest to God, and it just doesn't happen every now and then. And I'll, I'll go into my time of prayer and I'm thinking, I've got 50 things I need to do. This one's wanting to talk to me. This one needs that. This one needs that. And I just have to go in and say, I bless the Lord. I praise you with all of my heart, with all of my mind and my strength. I bless you. And I will not be pulled to the left or the right. I just seek you, God. I seek your presence. And I just began to cut down. Do you know what I'm talking about? When I say cut down in tongues. And I just began to do that. And in a few minutes, I forget about those 50 things and that person that wanted to talk to me and blah, blah. And I, all that stuff may be important and it may be good, but it's not my most important thing, getting into the presence of God and prayer and seeking the Lord and my devotion to that. That's the most important thing because when I know when that power is made available, I'll be strengthened and I'll be able to pray in a way that helps the people and the circumstances that I'm praying about. Can you say amen? If you can't say amen, say oh me. Why don't you stand tonight? Let's just give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you and we praise you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for a spirit of prayer in this place. We thank you, Lord, for a spirit of prayer in each one of us individually, Father. The devotion to prayer, Father, that's what we want in this place. That's what we desire in this place. Tell the Lord, you tell Him. Speak it out of your mouth. Tell God what you need in your prayer time in your prayer life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, tonight. There's a meeting. There's a meeting with people who really have not experienced the power of prayer. There's a meeting that you're having with them tonight. There's a talk that you're having with them. People, Lord, uh, that need to be stirred. There's a stirring happening in the Spirit, and they're moving and working with that tonight. In the name of Jesus, Lord, raise up prayer warriors in this place that are strong in you and strong in prayer, Father. Not weak, but strong in you. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora. Pastor Nora.